my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of Colleen Flaherty, as well as the debut of Ryan Newart. This is the longest episode in this podcast history, and it was fraught with all kinds of trials and tribulations, such as the dog being locked out of the room and the cell phone dying, but we got it all figured out, and I'm just going to jump right into it. Without further ado, here we go. to see both of you by the way it's been a long time right yeah it's been a minute man. like half a year i don't know i don't know it's it's been a while <laughs> since may i think so yeah it's, so it's longer than half a year i'm not good yeah. at math that's why i'm a massage therapist and not a physical therapist and so <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's over half a year though so yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. We, this is our first a double guest podcast ever so yes <laughs> yeah, breaking yeah. the bulls. <laughs> you guys are crushing it all right so we have ryan here so ryan introduce yourself and oh, so talk about who you are what you do and how you came to do uh that oh man uh well my name's ryan um i am colleen's boyfriend and uh <laughs> that's, his, that's his official title yeah that, that's it that's full-time job right there no i'm kidding i'm kidding she's awesome she actually yeah um anyway um so i'm a movement pro massage therapist um i've been trainer for about five six years five years i don't know anymore um then i became a massage therapist about a year and a half ago um, and since then, I've gone from like working in strength conditioning to working in like the rehab and pain management side of things and just kind of gone full circle. So like I started just coming out of sports and just being super, super high intensity, just wanting to just hit the weight room. And just if I wasn't like ready to pass out or if my legs weren't falling off by the time I was done with the workout, like it just, it wasn't good enough or I didn't hit it hard enough that day or or whatever. And I just wouldn't, I wasn't giving myself like, the self care that I really needed. So I found myself working in and out as I was trying to become a trainer and picking up soda boxes first thing in the morning. And I was like, man, I could deadlift a bunch of weight, but my back hurts like mm -hmm. really, really bad. So, um, you know, I'd wait and I'd go home after my shift and I'd just wait until everything calmed down and I could go do the one thing that didn't seem to hurt, which was exercise yeah so i was like i just kind of started to ask this question like what the hell is happening like why i'm doing all these things that we're all told to do in order to stay happy and healthy and void pain and that's all i have is pain i mean i was running i was <laughs> lifting weights um, i stretched um, i foam rolled 
and I did all these things that were just, just felt right. But the only time I wasn't in pain was when I was exercising. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of started to ask that question and kind of stopped weightlifting. As soon as I decided like, Hey, I've had enough of this. I just stopped weightlifting and I just started doing things that made me feel good. And those things at the time happened to be yoga and distance running. And I had only ever done like sprints really. Uh, so I started doing distance running and I went from sprinting to running six to nine miles a few days a week. And then I was doing yoga two or once or twice a day, probably. And I was like, man, I feel good. Like yeah. there's some, there's something to this. And you know, and I'm not saying that like yoga and distance running is by any means the thing for everybody to be doing, but it definitely was the shift that I needed. I needed time looking back. I really needed time off of the high intensity. I needed to give my body uh, the time it needed to heal. Um, so I started getting back in the weight room, went back into some high intensity stuff. My body was like, just not having it. So I couldn't lift really for probably the better part of <laughs> six year. And then stopped working at a strength conditioning facility uh, for about five months. I just did massage therapy because I was like, well, this sucked because it burned me out. And then I met Andy, the owner of Move and Reborn, where I am now. And man, that training style just changed my life. Yeah. Um, it just like reintroduced movement, like the actual fundamental understanding of movement into my training and recognizing that everything isn't forwards, backwards, up and down, and there is rotation and there is fluidity and there is actually athleticism yeah. involved in movement. <laughs> uh, you know, crazy, right? Like there's yeah. actually some athletics um, associated with this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then from then on, man, like my body feels so good now. Yeah. And it's it's been an amazing, amazing journey and transformation to experience now, ironically, feeling stronger uh and more athletic than I ever have. Yeah. And so I feel you on the intensity part because I as you guys have known from my many rants that we have had hanging out together, like I had oh. a epic divorce from crossfit last may and so you know the <clears throat> the best part about crossfit is the convenience the worst uh -huh. part about crossfit is crossfit and so you have to you know my fitness level has plummeted and so ironically i'm trying to go back to the beginning of what i used to do which is martial arts training Mm -hmm. I'm wildly deconditioned. So now I'm like really working on that and uh, discovering who I am as a person without CrossFit within that sentence, which is like a thing that I'm still kind of working on, which is really interesting. So luckily, uh, through my massage therapy practice and my movement practice, I have built a new foundation of who I am. So I'm just kind of building a new house on top of that. And so, mm -hmm. but just like the, the the pain that and then there's like this this ridiculous societal narrative that if you're not dying then you didn't get a good workout and you're just like what and so right. <clears throat> we actually did um so there's a guy you know every once in a while you ask somebody hey what do you do for a living and then they say it and you're like what 
So this is one of those guys. So I asked him what he did for a living and he said, oh, I study volcanoes on the moons of Mars. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not anything that I've ever heard before. But obviously, <laughs> so obviously, in order to study volcanoes on the moons of Mars, you have to be good at physics. So I was yeah. pulled him aside the other day and I was like, hey, so what is the force being generated when you're decelerating at the bottom of a kipping pull-up? And so we did the math, and it mm -hmm. turns out that it's a shit ton. <laughs> and so, oh, if, so let's say if there's like 100 pull-ups in a workout, which is very common, mm -hmm. if you do like within the first 20 to 30 pull-ups, you're decelerating two and a half times to five times your body weight. Dang. In your shoulder joint. Yeah. And then once you start to fatigue, then you're decelerating anywhere from five to 10 times your body weight in that shoulder Whoa. joint. And so yeah. it's like, why are you doing those anyway? You know, so it's like a, it's a big ridiculous thing. And so yeah. <clears throat> cool. That's right. Now we're going back to Colleen. So <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really fun. And so, um, <laughs> So you started a new gym. So let's talk about that. So, you know, like the, the whole, if nobody knows who Colleen is, then that's your fault because you didn't listen to that first podcast with where I just right. like, Aim on you. <laughs> yeah, so that's your just problem. Kidding. Go just back go and listen. listen. Yeah. But, uh, so let's talk about your new gym. Yeah. So we are a movement and education facility for parents. So everything yeah. is purely designed to be for parents in any stage of parenthood, preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, uh, postpartum at any age and stage, and partners and dads as well. All of our classes welcome partners. Um, we have parenting therapeutic groups, parenting education. Um, Ryan does some treatment days. We also have a physical therapist who specializes in women's pelvic floor PT. Um, but again, like everyone can see both of those providers and um, like everything is kid friendly. So babies welcome, kids welcome. We have a little separate room um, that is for kids. There's a bunch of toys and a kitchen and a dollhouse that everyone loves and keeps them entertained for the hour that parents are there. Um, and it's, it's two, it serves as two functions. The first was because I've just networked in San Diego for the past three years and met so many providers who have like an office because they're a therapist or they're a PT and they just have like their little PT clinic or they're in a bigger PT clinic. Um, whoever, um, no one has like a home, no one, there is no one place that you can go to get the resources or tapped into the network of providers that San Diego has. And there's like hundreds that are amazing. So I wanted to give providers a home to teach what they are passionate about and all of their wisdom. Um, and that would also bode well for the parents who need that education um, and that learning. And we go from, you know, super scientific research backed, you know, clinical therapist stuff to like, we're going to be doing like some more quote unquote woo woo stuff, like more holistic, natural healing type things. And it's because we need to know the whole spectrum because we need to know 
our choices and our options to live our healthiest life. Um, and that's what I want to provide to the parent side of things is that whole knowledge spectrum of information. That's really amazing. And you've been working on that for a while, but you've had some challenges recently. And so this is my, uh, reason for starting the podcast because you hear all of these stories of all of these entrepreneurs who are like, Oh, I fell asleep and I woke up and I invented Instagram and now I'm a billionaire. Like, what? <laughs> and see like you laughing. You're just like, no, this is a shit show. Being an entrepreneur is a shit yeah. show. Everything, That's all you hear. Is, yeah. everything is crazy. Like one month you're like, I'm on top of the world. And the next month you're like, I'm not going to make friends. And then yeah, somehow you always do. And so you've had a lot of <laughs> challenges happening with this space, right? Yeah. Um, just well, even like getting it started. Let's start at the very beginning because we've been talking. Yeah, about I would say more. like it started before we even got started. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just always know that I want to work and serve families like that is like my life goal and I'm down for like however that twists and turns along this life adventure like I'm down however however what's going to be served up is you know how it's going to be but I'm just gonna like try my best and work my ass off and do it with kindness and love and it's always just going to be that um and so I was approached by now, not my business partner anymore, um, but she approached me and was like, hey, I think we need to join forces. And I'm like, cool, this is awesome. Like, yes, like coffee shop and gym together. I'm totally down because that's like what parents need, right? They need a place to come and chill and get refreshed, but then they also need a movement space to move their bodies that has child watch and other holistic services as well. So, um, we went down that whole, whole journey of like finding a lawyer, getting incorporated. Um, you want to let whipper in? Um, sorry, we're in my bedroom and my dog's trying to get in the door. Um, <laughs> okay. like stick his nose right yeah. in the corner of the door and he'll just like wait there. Yep. So we went down all of these things to, um, you know, I, we had one real estate company looking for a commercial property for us and then it just wasn't a good fit. So then we found this other guy who was working hard for us and who was awesome. And we were like looking at different spaces. And then we met this other business owner who wanted to rent space from us. So that literally like tripled the square footage that we were looking for. Um, so at like the latest point that it got to, we were looking for a commercial property that was like 4,000 square feet. And we were looking and looking. And then all of a sudden, um, my former business partner, like she got a temp job that turned into like a full-time job. And then the full-time job turned into her getting a promotion and getting all these things. And it was just like, okay, I still want to be part of the company, but like, I don't have any time. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, that isn't going to work for either of us because expectations need to be met and like roles and responsibilities need to be met. And like, honestly, everyone that I've talked to that's been an entrepreneur and a business owner, they say like, it happens all the time. Like it's nothing new. It happens. Like people come and people go and it just takes so much dedication and grit to 
be at this stage of newness and concept wise that, yeah, people don't want to wait for a maybe. Um, and she was getting, she was getting everything that she needed. She had a stable job. She had uh, benefits. She had promotions. So awesome. Like that yeah. is what life needed. That's what she needed for life. And so I totally a hundred percent support it because I've just been in this game long enough that even if people want to help, but they have a full-time job and a family and a life, like it just doesn't work and that's okay. And we have to be okay to say like, okay, cool, but no, thank you. Like I'm going to go do this on my own. And I think it's going to be better in the long run for both of us. Yeah. Um, so that was just a lot. Um, you know, going down that route of like being a, a co relationship to me being like the one who was doing all the work. And then it came down to like that point of like separation and like knowing why we were do getting as much done as we were supposed to be. Um, and it was disappointing, like just like everything, like you were in a relationship and you had expectations. Um, but it, at the end it was, it was a hundred percent a blessing that it happened. Um, and honestly, without that, I would have never found the space that I found because we were looking at this 4,000 square feet property, you know, constantly. And I was like, I can't afford 4,000 square feet. Like I don't have a coffee shop partner now. Um, I just have to start with like something to get this concept going. Right. Like I just have to like start. And so I started looking um, and I actually found it on the San Diego CrossFitters page because I'm like, CrossFit has the, the setup that I like and that I want, but I needed not a CrossFit gym. Like, mm -hmm. it was so weird. Like, I know that I couldn't be in a box because that's too intimidating for people. Um, and so my space is literally next door to a CrossFit gym, but it's its own space. Like, I have my own entrance. I have my own rooms. I have my own, like, th four separate spaces. Um, I just... I'm a neighbor to a CrossFit yeah. gym. So I found this space and I instantly knew it was a yes. I contacted the owner and as like, you know, the universe would have it. I knew all of the coaches from either previous like interactions um, or in um, introductions yeah. or I'd literally like coach side by side with them at another CrossFit gym that had closed. That was like my good friend's gym. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I know all the people. I love them all. I love what their concept is all about. Cause it's not about annihilation. Like many CrossFit gyms are, they actually have good programming. Um, and the space was just a perfect size. And like the way it was set up was very conducive to how I wanted to set up like all of the things. Um, and then challenges. Okay. So we move in December 1st and December is shit. Like no one do, does anything in December, but buy things. Yeah. So I just part of yeah. like the massage therapy thing where I'm yeah. like, yeah. really? Like your whole life just stopped yeah. and nobody's <laughs> yeah. doing anything. Literally. Like, I'm sorry that that I have to make rent still let's let's yeah. work together like I know you're in yeah. pain your yes. family is here I know you're in pain let's come talk about it like <laughs> yeah. yep uh -huh. so I literally made zero dollars in December um and then Ryan and I went back home um to the east coast for two weeks so we moved all this shit in we got it like as good as it could be um to be functional um 
So it wasn't like beautiful or like finished or anything. Um, and then the, so just to back up over Thanksgiving, the roof was like leaking. It wasn't like anything, but it was like a puddle. So then 23rd of December. So a couple days before Christmas when like nothing's open, no one's working. Um, literally a flood in both the CrossFit and MySpace because the roof like broke open and was leaking. So CrossFit people had to come and like clean up my space. I had to send a couple of the instructors over. They had keys they could get in. They had to like mop up and clean up the wetness for me. Um, I was like freaking out because under my rubber floor is carpet. So I was like, is it in any of the carpet? All the rooms are carpeted. Um, but luckily it hadn't. So I was like, okay, thank goodness. Like awesome. So we get back January, January, we like officially open. We had tons of events. Like it's been awesome. And last, not this Tuesday, like four or five days ago, Tuesday, but like last week, Tuesday, um, the contractors came to like figure out what was wrong with the roof. And they put holes in both sides of the roof to figure out where this water, so they could like look in and inspect and whatever on both the CrossFit side and my side. Um, And they didn't cover them. And it (laughs) rained. Nor did they check the weather. (laughs) Nor did they know that it was supposed to rain that night. So it literally was like a waterfall on both sides. And it flooded so much that it did run up under my carpet, under my gym floor. So I walked in and I cried (laughs) first (laughs) because we literally had only been in there for two weeks, like functioning. And now this had happened. So we had to cut the rubber mats in half, which like tore my heart apart because I hate seams of rubber gym floor. Like if you are a gym person, you know how annoying seams of rubber floor are. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> funny because so that's like my whole entire gym career has been on seamed rubber matting. And so yeah. Andy's the only person that I've ever met that just meticulously cut everything to the exact right? size it needed to be. Yeah, it's so like, perfect. How did you do <laughs> Because yeah. like this, I had never laid down gym flooring before. Yeah, or seen it down or anything, and I'm like, I, we're trying to like, it sucks, man. It sucks. <laughs> and we're trying to lay this stuff down and cut it. And I go to the gym or Moving Reborn, and I'm like, where, where are the seams? Yeah, it's like, these so perfect nice. little squares of rubber. Like, how did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> I know around corners and everything, and like, yeah. and. Like for the people out there that don't know, like rust wrestling those rubber mats is like a six hundred pound dead person is terrible. Yeah. Literally. And you like <laughs> yeah. you like shift it to go one way, but then the whole thing shifts. It's a nightmare. Oh, and, so, and it's just <laughs> Yeah. It's just enough to make you quit just right there. But anyway, yep, Karen. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan and I had to cut basically the gym the rubber floor in half. Um from away from the wet carpet and roll it up, unroll it to dry it. And then carpet people came in, um, the carpet dried for five days straight with fans on it because I didn't trust like that it would be dry enough any shorter than that. Cause I, I can't do molds, uh, no. because that would be terrible. Um, and so we relayed the floor like this past Sunday. So almost a week ago, Sunday, we relayed the floor 
And, you know, I totaled my hours that I spent there and then Ryan spent a majority of that time with me, but it was 16 hours of yeah. like cleaning, um, you know, labor of like laying the floors, putting the molding back in, um, cleaning, disinfecting, like all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was hard. And I was like, I want to be relaxing on my Sunday, but as a gym owner, like it has to get done. Like no one else is going to come in and like put your floor in for you. Like that doesn't exist. Um, unless you have a ton of money and can pay someone that's nice. Um, but yeah, so it was just organizing everything, getting it up and ready, um, for opening day on or opening time on Monday. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like everything, like the work makes the, the end result so much sweeter. And it's like, yeah, when I tell people that we laid the gym floor, they're just like, damn, like <laughs> you guys are handy. And I'm like, what else are you going to do? Like, if you're not handy, you can't fix yeah. shit. And then like, what if something breaks or like, whatever, like you need to know how to function, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it's a, yeah, such a, like the highs are so high. Mm-hmm. but the lows you're like this is bullshit like, yeah, <laughs> like you yeah. know i just got through like a pretty big like not only was i try like diving deep into my soul to figure out who i was as a person but still trying to influence people to come in yeah. and see me because they are in pain and right. they do need some relief and they do need to move better and they do need to be stronger and all while I'm just like, no, I'm reevaluating who I am as a person. Like this is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, right, just, right. you know, just the stages of like depression and anxiety and shit. And then you're just like, oh, here comes this person. I'm so happy to see you. You know, like then <laughs> it's just yeah. trying to, you know, um, network and figure it all out God, it's crazy and you know just you know i don't know it's it makes me feel good to see other people struggle you know what i mean because not yes. because it's no, like yes. you know what i'm saying yes. like like one of my oh, friends <laughs> one of my friends joe lavaca he's a rock tape instructor and teaches uh, top down bottom up with courtney conley who's okay. gate happens and um you know, I was listening to him on a podcast. He's like, yeah, I got fired last week and I'm freaking out because I don't know what to do. And I'm like, what? You're successful. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why are you freaking out? What? what? No, it makes me feel good because I'm struggling too. I'm giving yeah, you a fist exactly. bump from across the state, you know, like <laughs> from across the country because he's in New York, but like, God yeah. damn. And so, yeah. and, um, and so you guys are, are you still holding on to like the coffee shop aspect of it because that's like the brilliant combo, right? Cause the majority of what right. parents need, not only as far as education goes, especially yeah. like with women and like pelvic floor stuff, but yeah. like just a time when their kids don't need them for like a minute and just mm-hmm. to sit there and like drink <laughs> coffee without yeah. just the chaos of having children, you know? Yeah. So we uh, have what's called the living room space and that has a bunch of seating and floor seating and couches and stuff. And we always have coffee and tea on tap, like ready to go. So Mm. that's how we have that integrated right now. 
Um, but I'm definitely in collaboration with other business owners, like brick and mortar business owners that the future, like our future is that we want like a collaborative space where it is yeah. like movement and coffee shop, like formal coffee shop with uh, food and whatever um, form that takes and services and like all that stuff. So the future is bright for bringing that all to fruition. I'm, I, it will happen. It's just like people need it. Like it's so fascinating to watch people because they come in for one thing. Like uh, we have like a yoga postpartum support group and yeah. they come in for the instructor and then like, I'll be there. And like Diana will introduce me at the end to everybody and they'll be like, so like, what's this like place all about? And I'm like, oh, it's all designed for you. Like you want a cup of coffee? And they literally look at me like I have two heads and they're like, <laughs> they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, like we have parenting support groups, preconception stuff, pregnancy, like classes and services, tons of postpartum care, all kid friendly. And they're just like standing right there with their jaw open. Like they cannot honestly like comprehend that like the entire space is designed for them and I I honestly think that people um you know you, you have early adapters and then once it's a proven theory people will then come in more often um but people are just like afraid because it's all in one like they're getting everything they want on a silver platter and that's like whoa 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 this is too much what? wait what yeah it's yeah. so funny to see their resistance um it, it is and it's it's so, you know, people like have goals, right? And like mm. one of my goals is to change the narrative of what massage therapy is and legitimize it as a rehabilitative practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is like, and then I'm fighting this societal narrative where there's like two types of massage. There's relaxing and then there's like, the six foot five German lady who's digging her elbow into your spine. And that's yeah, yeah. And then as a profession, we feed that narrative and it's mm -hmm. so frustrating. And right. so, and then the other thing, like what um, me and Ryan were uh, talking about is like your workout doesn't have to make you feel bad. It can right. actually yeah. make you feel better and yeah. you probably actually get more benefit from it. And yep. so, like I uh, created a 12 week, essentially like nervous system de-stress workout plan cool. and yeah. launched it to the world. And now I'm like, shit. So you're not going to get abs and you're not going to put a hundred pounds on your squat. So yeah. how do I sell this thing? You know uh, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, like right? You literally have to like sell like, more energy, sleeping better, right? You know? Right. It's it's all of those visceral things, but on like on the back end, it's like you're growing your bucket, like Ryan likes to say, like you're increasing your ability to handle stress load. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Because so it, it's difficult because pain seems to be the thing that opens that door to change. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's very say interesting to try and find ways to word to people why this is important because most people have to go through that pain experience to really 
recognize like, oh, like what, what do I have to do? Like, I don't want to be in pain. And some people um, are just like, yeah, fix my pain so then I can go back to doing the same thing that I was doing before. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, they don't yes. want to learn a better way to do things. They don't want to change the way they do things. And unfortunately, like repatterning movement to not cause pain is just a time consuming process. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, you gotta, so, you know, to speak frankly to my clients, I like, I asked them how long did it take you to get shitty? Cause it's going to take <laughs> you that long to not be shitty anymore. Right. Yeah. So like, like it's not going to be better overnight. Right. right. So like all the videos that I have, so here's what I learned. So all the videos that I have are centered around this bell curve and it's the same bell curve that they use at the CrossFit level one certs, right? Which is mm -hmm. sickness, sickness and wellness. Yeah. And so then the caveat is stress. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I use paramedics as an example because they're the most extreme example. So ideally we'd like to have them at the very top of the bell curve mm -hmm. so that they can easily yeah. switch back and forth between sympathetic and parasympathetic. Right. But if they work a 48 hour shift, then they're constantly getting stress responses. Every time yeah. that alarm goes off, that's a call. That's an adrenaline dump. That's mm -hmm. them going to a stressful and they're not sleeping for 48 hours. They're not right. eating and they're not working out. So those are my top three, right? Sleep yeah. well, eat well and work out. And mm -hmm. so they're going towards sickness, right? Yeah. But then most of the time from all of the paramedics that I've seen over the last 10 years, mm -hmm. they get off of work. They immediately go to a CrossFit workout. Oh, they, God. Sleep for a couple hours. They meet up with their friends. They go out drinking. They eat a bunch of pizza and then, you know, stay up too late and then yeah. wake up early, hit CrossFit multiple times. Yeah. And then go back to work. So then right. they get to that, what I call the threshold. Yeah. What society calls burnout. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then they, oh my God, I just can't recover. I'm just so fatigued all the time. Like I'm really irritable. I'm stumbling. I'm very uncoordinated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, so once you hit that threshold, that's your body trying to shut you down, telling you to rest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yep. so that's when your pain tolerance goes down and they start to, you know, like the science books call it hyperalgesia. Right. And then that's when they come and see us finally as they're like, well, I've had back pain. And I don't know why. And I'm like, yeah. mm. <laughs> okay. I know why. Yeah. That's a loaded question. So, <laughs> you know, so that's where I'm at with this. So basically what I've learned through watching Hulu is that I have to sell this like a drug company. So I, have, <laughs> I have to go from those symptoms that I just described yep. and work backwards. Mm -hmm. And I have to do it in a minute long format so that I could post it on Instagram so that I could <laughs> boost the post so that thousands of people could see it. Be like, Oh, that's me. I'm chronically yeah. fatigued all the time. <laughs> and then find a way to make that video entertaining. So people actually care enough to watch about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel that really, as you were saying earlier, that kind of comes back to, the way people tend to think about our profession as massage therapists or like right. we're just a massage therapists, you're just a trainer. Yeah. Um, and most of the time these people 
like they don't seek us out necessarily. They might go seek out um, another, like whether it's a PT or chiropractor, whatever, and absolutely nothing against them. But I have seen way too many people get treated by these professionals that do not experience the relief that they need. Right. And so, Uh, and because we have, and this is where uh, Colleen, your project comes in too. I'm just going to call it a project because it's a thing. It's going to be an ever evolving thing, which is a project, right? So, yeah. (laughs) So um, that's where when people come to us and we listen to what they need and then give them a response. They're like, wait, what just happened? And I'm like, well, I heard what you said. Hear me. (laughs) And this is what's going on. And they're like, oh, and then so like Colleen, your space when people like, oh, so parents should have a place to go to do stuff. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's right here. Yep. Yep. Wait, so I get to learn and drink coffee yeah and be in community and like commiserate with other parents that are suffering and celebrating yeah yeah and and suffering that's another thing too it's like so you know the more i learn about people the more i learn about relationships and you can completely love somebody and 100 percent not like them at the same time and that goes that goes with the kids too like because you know i see a lot of parents with a lot of kids and you could just tell they're just like shut your damn mouth like i don't care about minecraft i don't care stop talking to me about it you know what i mean and like you give them like as soon as you started talking about like just giving them like even just an hour of relief where they their kids can go be in a safe place and run amok and be crazy and they can just sit there and drink the coffee without some kind of unknown projectile coming hard from the left to knock the coffee out of their hand. You know yeah. what I mean? Without yeah. any, because that's a stress response too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so once those parents hit their threshold, they still have their kids there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once, yeah. They hit, once they hit that burnout, they can't just stop being a parent. And so mm-hmm. they don't understand how far that hour goes to just be able mm-hmm. to practice yoga and be just doing yoga for a second you know what Mm -hmm. i mean without yeah with like the kids having some kind of supervision where you know because man when kids get together you're just like dude it's amazing you guys (laughs) haven't taken over the world by now like right right right. you guys are crazy so like the guy that the guy that I'm running my gym with, his kids are savages. I always make the joke. You've told like, us about them before. <laughs> yeah, like you could drive them out to the woods and then come back a week later and they've like built a shelter and are like skinning a deer. Like, hey, dad. <laughs> like, just no problem. <laughs> they're munching that's on tree bark. That's the most parenting right there. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, like, so Brian, where, so you're working in like multiple different spots too, which is really. Yeah, man, it's, it's been crazy. So like right now I think I'm at, I'm at two, like two jobs plus owning my own business. And in homes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a combination of, so I work, obviously I'm moving to be born. That's four days a week, but it's really only half the day. Yeah. Uh, 
like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday mornings. Um, and then like Tuesdays, Thursdays, I'm at Colleen's place seeing whether it's the CrossFit athletes next door um, or whoever I wind up meeting that mm-hmm. needs to come in. And um, then I work with a company that's pretty new uh, called Stretch Effect. And that guy rents space from us at Moving Reborn and he is just getting started. So um, I've been working with them, going to some trade shows and stuff on and off for the past six, eight months or so. And it's, it's been really great, you know, but it's, it's, it can be a lot. Yeah. And it's a hustle. Yeah. It's definitely a hustle. I think that's, yeah. that's just part of everyday life, especially living here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, but not even that really, it's just part of being in the industry and it really does wind up having to be a labor of love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you learn so much about yourself and about um, just psychology and about helping, helping yourself, helping others. And I think that yeah. with that, like helping yourself has to be a huge priority because you can really only help others to the capacity that yeah, you can help right. yourself. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge energy exchange, man. So it's like, oh, you know, same. that's, and so, you know, that's why, this whole deep dive that I had on myself was so difficult because I was still working. I was yeah. still coaching people. I was still being supportive and I was still being yeah. encouraging and I was still listening without judgment mm-hmm. and, and just holding that space for people while you're struggling to hold space for yourself is so crazy. So you have to, you have to work out and you have to take time for yourself. And if like, you know, like today, like I just freaking, was watching that new Terminator movie and just passed out and woke up was like, Oh, I got to rewind that. <laughs> you know, it took me like four hours to watch an hour and a half long movie. And so, yeah. you know, oh, see, so, like I'll get there too with books. Like if I catch myself like reading the same line in a book, like 15 times, I'm like, yeah. okay, right. you need to put this down and you need to sleep. Yeah, right. And so, and the books thing is, you know, there's so much, if you want to be a high level practitioner, there's so much pressure to read all the time, but that's, it's okay to not read all the time. That's another thing too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm really working on being an advocate for stress management. So I have to read more about stress and that is not engaging. It's, yes. really, <laughs> it's not like a, it's not like a, uh, like a, a business book that gets you all fired up and ready to rock and roll. You're just like, Oh God, I got through another chapter, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then, you know, then there's like the, the, the networking part. And then there's the, the social media part, which you have to really work on too. And it's really fascinating to see what hits with people and what doesn't. And, you know, so then you have to play that whole game and then be, you know, I've been really slacking off on that because I've been, you know, for the last two years, I've been trying to build my um, following and I've been posting every day. But for the last like couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't posted in like a while. I don't even know when, you know, so (laughs) and then trying to understand like I do these like I went from establishing myself as like a movement expert and doing all these complicated movement patterns. And then I do like a hamstring curl and people are like, that's amazing. And I'm like, what? I don't like, I yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. And then, oh, uh, man, dude, that, 
reminds me. So have you heard of, you know, Kelly Starrett just started doing his ready state thing. Yeah. Um, completely demolished the whole um, mobility wad. Mobility wad. Yeah. So I signed up for the email and yeah, I mean, I guarantee he's got like hundreds of thousands of people on this email list. And like the first email we get is like the freaking couch stretch. Yeah. Where you got the foot up on the couch and you're just stretching your quad. And I'm like, are you shitting me? But why? So that's been my other thing too, is like, why are you doing that? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. Like why, you know, like CrossFit, why are you doing a hundred ball balls? That's unnecessary. Why? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, so when some, you know, um, I started working for uh, multiple other massage companies in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I go and I do my first massage and, you know, she's feels better, super pumped, walks out. And then I get an email. They're like, oh, the, she said you did really good, but you have to go deeper. I'm like, what does that mean? Let's yeah. talk about it. Like, so if, you know, like what me and Andy like taught you guys, like if there's a yep. muscle that's hypertonic, if there's a muscle that's a knot or a trigger point or whatever you want to call it, it's under threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why would you create more threat? Yeah. Yeah. But that's like the part that I'm, and so then that's the part that's really frustrating is I'm working for these other companies. So essentially they're paying me to not care. Yeah. And then, and then they're also not doing a good job of either, either educating themselves and then educating their clients or vice versa. You know what I mean? So then it's like, why are we doing that? You know? So, um, why are you doing the couch stretch? Like, yeah, hundred percent. So is that quad weak? Because that's probably what the problem is. So let's strengthen mm-hmm. the quad. You know. Mm-hmm. People, so why is it hypertonic? Let's start asking questions instead of just telling people to do stuff. And yeah. so, you know, it's just this big, huge kind of campaign that I'm on, where I'm like, "Why are you doing that? Let's ask a question." You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's just yeah. Anyway. That's it. Yeah. No, I think like we, so I've definitely um, been in the same exact position as you where I would go and try and teach, um, even if it was like a mom's specific class or a pregnancy class or whatever it was, um, even like I was doing a like barbell class um, at a gym and the people that had come in were like what they had been getting was just that like go 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 hit training lift fast and heavy um without a lot of consideration to like what they were doing or why they were doing it um and so then i came in and i'm like slow as fast so like we're moving weight slow um we're doing body weight stuff we're crawling um we're doing a lot of stuff and like consistently the feedback that my um the manager was getting was that um everything was too slow it wasn't fast enough it wasn't um they weren't dying at the end of the class and like they were walking out feeling feeling too good um <laughs> like all this stuff and i would like Stop. look at her and like <laughs> like she like the office manager like she didn't know movement like she didn't know coaching and so i literally like would spoon feed her 
like responses to respond to people with because she didn't know. And, uh, like she wouldn't advocate for me. Like it was literally like, she got feedback. It was poor. I told her and educated her, but she wasn't willing to educate the members on like my method. Um, and that's why I left because I'm like, if you're not going to advocate for me and I'm going to keep explaining it over and over again in the classes, but yet the members keep complaining, then like, this isn't the right spot for me because they don't get it. Like right. I'm not going to annihilate brand new moms who are four months postpartum. If they want to be annihilated and pee their pants for the rest of their life, that's their choice. But right. if they're not going to listen to me as a professional and as an expert, then okay, cool. That's your choice. But like, I'm telling you what's good. And if you don't want to listen, then that's, that's fine. Like, that was like the exact description no. of my CrossFit gym divorce right there. Mic drop, man. Yeah. I, start, I, I know I started, <laughs> I started, it just got to the point where I was like, look, I don't belong here anymore mm -hmm. because we're doing stupid stuff and I can't yeah. do this anymore. And it gives me anxiety to make people do this. And so right. I got to go. Like, you know what I mean? I don't belong yeah. here. Like we need, we need to give the brain accurate and concise information on what we need our body to be doing. Yeah. That's what we need to do. And so, yeah. you know, especially with like women postpartum, it's so important you know, and that's why a lot of them struggle with like low back pain because they just jump back into this thing without like recovering their pelvic floor and getting their, their, that everything. whole, everything, just recovering. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. That's a good segue into our tour coming up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's talk about your tour. That's so exciting. That's why I wanted to get you on. And so that's oh, like. Ryan wants, oh, a, um, want, Ryan wants a shout out or whatever. What? What do you want to talk okay. about? <laughs> so I think like that that addiction to high intensity in some ways mm. it comes back to a fundamentally terrible relationship with exercise yes. that we have in yeah. this country. Like one of the things that really like I don't know if you saw the the Peloton ad that everyone was all aggravated about. No. Uh, so basically it was a guy that gave his wife, wife a Peloton for Christmas. And everyone was all pissed off because they're like, she's super skinny. She doesn't need a Peloton. Um, but the but whole you need message, your fucking heart to work better. No, God damn it. The whole, <laughs> the whole message of the video was that A, she asked for it. And B, like the whole ad was about her like feeling really good and energized and happy and like pushing herself yeah. to be consistent um, with exercising and showing up work for herself. And like, that's like the state of our yeah. fitness culture is like, God forbid you do fitness to feel good. I know. Just the yeah. fuck is You're that? Like, I, I don't feel absolutely destroyed. That must not have been a good workout. Right. And yeah. it's so, it's so just like the results, it's very results driven, except people don't, like, I don't feel like people know the results that they really need to be getting, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like being pain-free, moving well, and having the ability to handle everything in life that comes your way because your stress bucket isn't overflowing, that's a pretty damn good result in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we look at, like the only result that we really think about is the result we see in the mirror. We think about how sore we are. Like those, those are the results that we're focused on when it's really, really Backwards. wreaking havoc on yeah. our bodies and it's causing so much damage 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that hard workouts 100% have their place. I love them. Um, well, I still do them, but they're but very necessary because you need to be able to adapt to that stress response. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. The way that I look at high intensity fitness is that it's a healthy expression of subconscious anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you're like, Oh, I didn't, I need to go fast. Oh, I didn't go as fast. Now everybody knows, everybody knows. In the to outrun the tiger. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. And that, what if I don't, what if I don't PR my deadlift today? And what if I don't, what if I don't get as many pull-ups in a row as I did last week? What, everybody's going to know and everybody's going to judge me. And you're just like, nobody cares. Like, right. you know, like I was at the peak of my fitness. I was doing four hours of CrossFit a day. I had a six pack. I was the strongest and fastest guy in the gym and I didn't have a girlfriend. Do you know why? Cause nobody cares. Nobody, <laughs> like, it's yep. like, nobody cares. They're like, Oh man, that guy went fast. And then they go on with their day. They go home and they relax and they eat some pizza and they watch TV and then they wake up and then they go to work and then yep. nobody cares that you're the fastest person in the gym. It doesn't matter. And so, um, it, there's, and just the thing that people get offended by, come on, like you should a commercial, stop it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stop it. Yeah. So it's like there's uh there's it's there's like so many factors that play into how you're feeling and what your fitness is for that day. And mm-hmm. so you're and you know, a friend of mine explained it to me this way because he's a, he was a collegiate runner and he's like, so the way that high intensity fitness is set up is that they think that if you run a 400 meters in a certain amount of time, the only way to run that 400 meters faster is by sprinting 800 meters and then sprinting a mile and then lifting as heavy as you possibly can and then sprinting that 400 again and then sprinting three quarters of a mile and then sprinting. So it's all just sprinting, 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 sprinting. And that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really weird. And so, um, you know, there's uh, CrossFit New England is uh, run by uh, Ben Bergeron and he released this book called Chasing Excellence and he describes in in detail how all of his top athletes train including at that time the current CrossFit Games champions Mm -hmm. and they do 45% practice meaning I did this competition these are the things I sucked at this is what I'm going to practice they do Mm -hmm. 45% training which is I'm going to train the stuff that I am good at at a moderate intensity so that I can do it well. And then they do 10% competition. And then everybody within the community was raving about that book, but then they don't run their gyms that way. Yeah. And I'm like, these are the top athletes in the world. Right. And these are normal people who probably should be training 30% of the time be practicing 70% of the time. Right. And then that's probably it. You probably don't yeah. need to compete. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it's this, this weird kind of conundrum. And I feel, um, 
as though I should say CrossFit, don't sue me. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't tag CrossFit and you'll be fine. Yeah. So um, I I think just real quick, like CrossFit, I I love CrossFit. Like I love the high intensity atmosphere. I love that they're pushing people to do better. I love the community atmosphere. Um, the team, they bring the team feeling oh, back to yeah. working out again, which is usually a solitary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people don't recognize that CrossFit, like they know it, but like CrossFit is a sport. Yeah, 100%. And there is no sport in the world that people don't cross train for. Right. right. CrossFit seems to be the only one that people have not figured out that they need to cross train. Yep. I mean, they need to do other, they need to do other sports or at least training that resembles training for other sports. Yeah. Which is Um, funny. Incredibly important. And I think it's a huge missing link in the success of a lot of CrossFit athletes. And so that's the, the funny thing is when I started CrossFit 10 years ago, that was what the narrative was. Like CrossFit makes you better at your life. So like mm-hmm. if you like to hike, if you like to play soccer, if you like to play football, yeah. if you like to play basketball, CrossFit makes you better at those things. And then also in 2010 was the first time that the CrossFit Games was held in LA at the the, the Home Depot Center or wherever it was. And yeah. so after that, that's when CrossFit became a sport. It was in 2011 is when they first put it on ESPN, and then right. it just went downhill. And now people, you know, go in and do competitive programming for a year until their body falls apart, and you know, it just doesn't work for them. You know, yeah, that's a big one because like even if you're not competing, you are doing competitive workouts. Yes. Like, that's what it becomes. And it's like, even if you're not training for a competition, like when you do approach that training with the same mindset as if we were training to be successful in a competition. Yeah. Right. So like, like you, Ryan, you're a wrestler, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like you didn't just full throttle wrestle all the time. You no. practice takedowns until you were like, if I see another takedown again, I'm going to flip. My yeah. Shit. You know what I mean? The butter of it was drilling. You know, and right. I, I coached my little brother who is a, he's 16 now. He's a fantastic wrestler. I mean, so much heart, just absolutely loves the sport. And he has some serious potential. Um, and the team has a few state ranked guys for California, um, which is freaking awesome. But the coach, he, they, oh God, they run so much. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But anyway, like they're, they're very, very conditioned, but one of the places that they are lacking is in like, and this is kind of off subject, but they are lacking like that follow through with movements. So like in wrestling or any martial art or any sport, really, it's not about the first move. Like you basically have to assume that the first move isn't going to work. Um, and the way that I used to approach it is you cannot give the other person time to think Like you have to have everything pre-programmed in your head as to what you're going to do. And it has to be automatic and you spend, you want to be good you spend so much time drilling that literally like you said you're like i don't want to see another i don't want to do another takedown i don't want to like sprawl again i don't want to do any of that like i'm done i'm toast Uh, yeah 
Yeah, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of repetitions involved in getting to a reasonably high level. And, like, I wasn't, like, state champion or anything, um, but it, it's, it's taken learning what I know now to really recognize what held the most value in, in the Training. sport and what holds the most value in getting better at right. a sport. It really is repetition. It's not the sexy stuff that people see. It's right, just the practice and the repetition. And so, you know, I just, I was in jujitsu and I'm a bigger guy. So everybody that I went up against in tournaments were wrestlers. And so yeah. I practiced regaining good positions from bad positions over yeah. and over and over and over. Like somebody would mount me and I would escape and then they'd mount me and then I escape and then I'd escape half guard and then I'd escape side control and and then so then my goal became since wrestlers are sprinters and jujitsu is endurance that i would just survive the first two minutes until they got tired and then i'd start attacking and that's how i win and so it's like but that's like like we're just saying it's the you know so here's the other thing um you know from my former gym where people like hey how do i get better at the snatch well you got to go down and wait and you got to practice all your positions because, you know, I was really strong, but the reason why I didn't have a high snatch was because of technique. Cause mm-hmm. I had, I had a 300 pound overhead squat, but I only had a 225 pound snatch. Yeah. So there's a technique gap there. And so yeah. what I tell people is, well, you got to drop down and wait and you got to practice snatch until you hate it for three months. And then try again. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, I have a shitty snatch in. You, know I mean? cool. you don't have to do that. Right. Just right. giving you, giving just, you the, the answer that you just asked for. I'm just telling you what I did. <laughs> like, how do you get more mobile? Well, I've been working on my mobility for two years. Well, I don't yep. want to do that. Well, okay, then it's fine have, too. Yeah. have a terrible squat, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. All right, let's talk about your tour. How'd you guys set that up? Oh, um, so I, I mean, I think we talked about it last time on the podcast, but um, I don't know. That was a long time ago. A lot well, happened since then. Yeah. Um. Um. So I started training this niche back in 2013 and there was nothing on pregnancy exercise, like nothing existed. Um, And so I went along for a couple of years and in 2015, um, my ex-boyfriend and I, who was a certified athletic trainer um, and CrossFit coach created like the original course that we were teaching. And we taught all over the world for at CrossFit gyms because, um, the beautiful thing about CrossFit is that it's all, um, the same, like all the same movements, all the same gym setups, all the coaches went through level one, level two, they all have the same knowledge and language, all the movements are the same. So it's perfect. Like we can, you can go anywhere and you will get CrossFit no matter the language or the country. Um, so that's the really cool thing about it. So we tailored it to high intensity fitness. And so your kipping physics, uh, stat that you, or fact that you stated in the beginning is so interesting because 
that's like one of the main things that we constantly get asked everywhere is like our kipping is kipping safe. And, um, it comes down to that mental, like the ego of pregnant women being like, I can keep doing whatever I want to keep doing. Cause I feel like I can do it. Um, or I can do it. Um, but then it's up to the coaches to be like, cool, you can do this, but it's really not good for your body. And here's why. So we yeah. give coaches the why, um, behind like the anatomical changes, the hormonal changes and the physics, like physics is so much, um, stress on the body and you already have a, uh, midline of that's under tension. You have a pregnant belly that's growing. So you have extra weight. So that's extra weight on your shoulder joints, right? It's not even like the dynamics. That's the pressure. It's literally just the weight of a growing a human. Um, and then you add in the force of kipping. And so now we have like, uh, all of these factors. Why, like you said, why would we do it? It's right. not that we can't do it. It's just literally like, let's choose something different that's safer and like make sure you're whole at the end of your pregnancy and not um like 10 steps behind postpartum or you get injured right um, and it's just so bonkers how people can't let that go and right. that's like that's the anxiety part that i'm talking about like and you know i understand that anxiety part because i deal with it all the time right so right. like what you know i call it i call it the used to coulds right I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to do that, right? Like I used to be able to do like 30 muscle ups in mm. under five minutes. Like right. I used to be able to do all these things, but that doesn't matter because now I'm really focused on longevity. And that's something that my brain doesn't understand is like, well, what does right. training for life mean? Training yeah. for life means that you should have a shoulder. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you need a shoulder and you need a hip. Yeah. Like, yeah, you need to be able to do these things. So, like, mm -hmm. so uh, uh, where is where's the like where's the point where you should just stop doing that, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I've I've talked to uh, an athlete who has a torn labrum in each shoulder, and she's like, it hurts when I do chest to bar pull-ups and kipping pull-ups and, and, um, muscle ups and bar muscle ups. And it hurts when I do over and I'm like, fucking stop it. Stop. Why? Why are you doing overhead squats? Like what is your point? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, she comes to me because she has neck pain, like chronic neck pain. And I'm like, it's because your brain doesn't trust your shoulder to support load. And yet right. you keep supporting load. And so mm -hmm. it's going to get strength somewhere, just like it has to get mobility somewhere. Right. So it pulls it from your neck mm -hmm. and then you can't turn and, but you've been doing this, like, why, what are you doing? What's the point? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Stop it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, well, I have a shoulder injury from doing whatever. And so yeah. I learned, um, neurodynamics recently. So then I started to learn a lot about radiculopathies, which is like, and the nerve root coming out of the foramen of the vertebra gets swollen and inflamed. And then mm -hmm. that causes pain and numbness going down the arm. So your solution is to do more handstand pushups, slamming yeah. your head into the ground. What are you doing? Stop it. 
like, right. you know, let's, let's figure out like, why are you doing handstand pushups anyway? How is that prevalent mm-hmm. to anything that you have to do in everyday yeah. life? Like yeah. why? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so like, it's so crazy. And so I, you know, just going to CrossFit competitions and people tearing their hands. I'm like, cool. Now you can't use your hand. <laughs> what are you doing? Let's, yeah. Yeah. let's figure it out. But it's so ingrained. Like, right. like, it's, like it's just so that, ingrained. Like so, that, no, no, okay. I'm going to talk. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> what? Because, no, I, this is like really important to why we're going and teaching. This is important to me too. All right. You're going to go keep going farther and farther off topic. No, hey, fine. we're going to, hey, we're taking turns. Gonna, okay, go. Colleen goes. <laughs> Where are you Ryan goes. Colleen goes first. Ladies first, Ryan. No, because it's not. He's responding to what you said, and I'm not responding to what you said. Okay. So I'm okay. going to let him. Ryan, respond to what I said. Jeez. So like this, this, <laughs> this, like this narrative of needing to work so hard for everything is so ingrained um, into everything we do as a culture. And it's like, well, why do you push your body so much? Like, I like to work hard. I'm like, what's that work? Did it go away? Are you still there? Yes, we're still there. I have a low battery. Um, so, like, this need to to work Uh-oh. hard is just so ingrained. And, can you take that? You can keep. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, so yeah, you like to work hard in the weight room, but someone tells you to do your mobility work, but you can't do your mobility work. So that has to be the hardest thing that you can do, right? Right. Like you're struggling to do it. Yeah. Um, it's like this, this hard work automatically means like sweat and balls in the weight room. But it's like, dude, as far as I can see, mobility work is the hardest thing you have to do because right. you can't do it. You can't 100%. set aside that time. So 100%. And so it's like, well, I don't have time. Well, what did you or do? While you were, what did you do while you were watching four hours of the Goldbergs? You could have been doing mobility work. Seriously. It's not hard. Like working with the, with your client that has the label tears. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know like your goal is to get back to where you were before. And like, that's fine. That's awesome. But have you worked on your shoulder stability? Have you worked on feeling all of the muscles around your shoulder that should work? Or have you, have you done that? Like that very, very important work. Like, the narrative around your shoulder has now changed. Right. And so that's one of my favorite things. Like if, so one of my favorite quotes is if you can't do it slow, you shouldn't do it fast. And yeah. then the other one is like, have, when was the last time you felt your body respond to movement? You know, what I, mean? you know what I mean? We're really radically shifting our position. I know you guys are killing it. We're keeping this podcast going people. You guys, so, Behind the scenes, we have a phone dying, as you heard before, and we're just struggling to keep this conversation going. But it's we really good. We're, we're making it happen yeah. right now. All right, we're good. There we go. We figured it out. Yeah, yeah. We, got to, we got to a I mean, for now, I hope this outlet works. <laughs> and so, so um, but that's a good segue into you spreading the why, and it's really amazing that you can do that like all over the world um yeah so i don't know why this plug isn't working apparently uh, not the iphone block um ryan has one in his handy dandy backpack (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's awesome man 
for some reason my phone doesn't want to charge. Oh. I know, and it's at like 20%. Hold okay. on. We can make it. Wait, can you just plug it in for a second? Yeah. Sure. Um, or this cord doesn't work. Technical difficulties. Oh, no, I'm charging. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Boom. I got whipped. Uh, are you there? We're back. Yep. Oh, there we go. Um, okay. That's just a picture of us. Um, stop video. Do you see our video? I see you guys. Yep. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. We're good. Right on. Uh, so with all of that said about the crossfitting in most this, gyms being out of control and yeah, too intense. This podcast is going to offend so many people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's not the CrossFit in particular. It's just like the execution of everything that goes on around CrossFit. Right, right. right. Um, that being said, we saw a huge need to bring specific education to like the pregnancy and postpartum niche because if you're doing – if you can afford CrossFit, you're usually mid, early, early 30s, mid 30s, because you can afford it, um, because you have a stable job and stable income, um, and that is baby bearing age. Um, so you're getting, go lay down. You're getting a lot of parents or people who are in the age of having children. Um, so we, you know, we started seeing women who weren't stopping crossfitting um when they were pregnant which is awesome um but like how are they doing it were they doing it tailored to them or were they just going and like if something felt wonky they just stopped doing it and like that was the end of it they didn't know why they were stopping doing it um or they didn't have any modifications to achieving the goal of the movement they were just like oh i can't do snatches so i'm just not going to do any snatch motion um, so then they were like feeling left out of classes because of that group mentality, like we were talking about. Right. Um, and so the whole point of our course and what we've taught coaches is like, what are the changes that are happening and how do you adapt programming to be appropriate for orthopedic considerations? Cause that's all pregnancy is. It's just a changing of the center of gravity and how do we modify movement for uh, the body under tension, um, and extra weight. Um, and then postpartum, what is like the physical um, rehabilitative stages that you should go through with your clients? Because they're not going to be four weeks postpartum and come back to regular CrossFit classes. Like you don't have programming for them, like period, right. like it doesn't exist. And that's okay. Um, but here's what you do to scale for new moms. You should probably have a new mom's class because they're not going to come in and do anything that's on the whiteboard. Um, it's going to be like straight bodybuilding style, core recovery um, strength focused, um, you know, non-dynamic stuff at first and you build up, but like, that's not a lot of coaches MO. Like they don't know that, like they didn't get into CrossFit to train pregnant women and moms to have like considerations. Like they want to train active adults or kids, um, or athletes. Like that's why most coaches start. And so we just saw, like, we've been really successful teaching. It's a huge need. There's a huge boom in women crossfitting now over the past five years. Um, and, but like, you also see like the horror stories of women who <laughs> kipped during their pregnancy. Like they have terrible uh, ab separation, which is called diastasis, diastasis recti, however you want to say that word, um, or two yeah. words. Um, yeah. 
and they have huge gaps because it was so much force on their core um, that was already stretched out with pregnancy and they just were never told why they should stop doing it and they could do it so they just kept doing it but that's not that long-term health that longevity that we were talking about um and like why would, and would you all kinds that? of stupid stuff like what yeah are we doing and so yeah. and they don't and uh, so it was so frustrating but just like like that my whole thing is if you can't tell me why then you shouldn't be doing it so if you're looking at this pregnant woman and you're like hmm she probably shouldn't be doing burpees, but then you let her do them. You're failing as a coach. Right. Yeah. Like that's not like, why can't you do, why can't you do ring rows? Like instead of kipping pull-ups, like what's the bent over dumbbell rows? Like you said, the more bodybuilding type stuff, like let's, there's options and you need to explore those options. And if you're not, Mm -hmm. then you're doing a terrible disservice to the longevity of that athlete. And it's, Yeah. And it's not like, but it's not in their everyday repertoire. So it's really hard to think outside of what they know and the tools that they know. And like what we teach is good for every client. Like that's the beautiful thing is like we teach modifications from a barbell to a kettlebell or a dumbbell. Um, And you can do that with everyone. People who have shoulder issues, people who have low back pain, people who have um, a hernia or whatever, like what you do for pregnant women for pregnant women specifically, you can tailor and use for anybody in your gym, which is the beautiful thing about it. Um, but you're just learning like why in pregnancy and you're questioning what's the, what's the end goal of this. If it's just to be egotistical and do it because I can do it. That's not the point. The point is literally to keep you safe for the long term and not having issues. And what I nerd out about and dive deep with like midwives and doulas Um, and like birth practitioners is like, what are we doing in our everyday life during pregnancy that's affecting birth? Because we have so many experiences now with women who are like so fit that they were just so tight and like so strong that their bodies weren't able to relax and like give birth. So they had a C-section and it's like, we failed them as movement professionals because we didn't incorporate more meditation, more yoga, more fascia work, more stretching, more mobility. Like we failed as a fitness professional for that client. Like she had experienced something that she didn't want to experience because no one told her. Because, and you probably don't need to be doing one rep max back squats or deadlifts and you know, it just goes down the list. And then that also brings up part of the thing where if you're a coach, you should have at least remedial knowledge of how to rehabilitate somebody's joint. And so like one of the things that pisses me off so bad is like, well, my shoulder hurts. Cool. Just don't use it. How do you not use your shoulder? Yeah. How? Let's talk, you know, like you, you need to give your shoulder better information than kipping pull-ups and, and high intensity snatches and stuff like that. Like you need Mm -hmm. to, give your body better information. And so, you know, that goes along with like just the, just the narrative that CrossFit has on just what the core is, is maddening to me. It's not, but it's not just them. It's like Orange Theory. It's all the box franchises. It's boutique gyms. It's boot camps that are held in the park. 
Um, it's, it's everybody. Like this. It is. This and it's maddening. Yeah. Like I, we run into it all the time. Like I meet fitness professionals and they have no idea like what your obliques do. And I'm like, how do you not know like what a part of the body does? Like this is your job. Like it's they crazy. walk your ass around. That's what they yeah. do. They, yeah. <laughs> if you're fucking running <laughs> or walking, you're using your obliques, you assholes. Like you need, <laughs> it's like basic information. You know what I mean? Like, let's get there. <sighs> and it's yeah. just, I think and, it's difficult to, especially like in a group atmosphere, like let's say it's like, um, an orange theory and a 45 or whatever. Like, even if the coach does know, like he doesn't have, he or she doesn't have the resources to be able to help that individual person that is having issues with this movement. Yeah. Because it's such um, a big group. And all that they can say to that person as a coach, I um, mean, it is their responsibility to have the knowledge to recognize, Hey, that squat or that deadlift or that doesn't look right. That looks potentially dangerous because mm -hmm. we're repeating this movement right. hundred or so times in a workout. Um, but they need to say to that person at the at minimum, Hey, um, I really recommend that you go see my friend because we should all be networking. We should have a friend that knows what they're doing when it comes to movement. Um, we should say, Hey, you should go see my friend, do a couple sessions, um, whatever. Um, I really want you I really want to see if we can make this movement better. I really want you to get this movement better because I don't want you to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And it just comes back to caring about like that person that you're, that you have the luxury of influencing mm -hmm. in some way. Right. Um, but doing so in a way that you're capable of given the circumstances that you interact with them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like in a, in a way that shows that you care mm -hmm. um, because it, like, if you don't care about the people in your class or the people you work with, mm -hmm. then get out of this profession because yeah. you shouldn't be here and you're giving the rest of us a bad name. <laughs> if you don't have the, yes, I agree. And if you don't have the energy to, um, the energy or the time to be able to pull somebody aside and be like, Hey, this isn't what you need to be doing right now. This is what we're going to do to get you through this workout, but you should do, personal training with me so that we can get you to the point where you can do this in a workout. And I think in, in my perfect world, every, every CrossFit coach would get education outside of CrossFit because CrossFit is just like um, massage therapy education. It's remedial at best. Mm -hmm. and you need to, and you need to, every coach I think needs to be educated. That's yeah. the bottom line. And, totally. and that's my, that was my biggest frustration. Um, you know, I washed my hands of it and I'm so happy, but like, you know, just being like, Hey, if their knees are caving in on their squat, they don't have adequate external rotation or they don't have adequate foot pressure. So we need to address that instead of having them do a hundred squats that way, you know, like, or, you know, you should be able to look at them doing an overhead squat and be like, that's not right. Let's move them to a front squat mm -hmm. and have them do those instead because it's a safer movement. Like right. it's there's, and you know, then every coach should have the 
prerequisite knowledge. Hey, this is what we're going to do to fix your shoulder so that you can get an overhead squat in the future. And we're right. going to work on this together. And then we're going to put you back into classes. And that's mm -hmm. just like, that's the way that I think it should go. And it, yeah. But unfortunately, every single schooling is only giving such like a snapshot of mm -hmm. the body and the systems. And like, you and Ryan um, are perfect examples of like just so much continuing education as massage therapists and movement professionals. And like, I'm, I'm getting there and I read and learn and attend as much as I can. But like, there's just so many layers of like our nervous system and fascia and joint stuff. And like, you don't get all of that knowledge just by like taking an online cert and getting you know, you, so you can say that you're a certified personal trainer or certified strength coach. And like, it's really up to the individual to seek out so much. Like, sadly, it is like, it has to be so much continuing education, be yeah. it book or yeah. audiobook or online, like things or in-person things. Um, like, <laughs> honestly, if you're not continuing ed as a movement professional, you're just being left behind because- right. That's what I tell everyone who asks me about being a coach and they're like, what's your biggest recommendation? I was like, find as many things to learn about all the different systems of the body, especially like the brain, the nervous system, the vestibular system, um, joint by joint, you know, approach and like rehab. Like there's so much that you need to know. And like now being seven years into this, like, I can help my clients pretty much with anything, right. like everything, but like 98% yeah. of the things that my clients come in for, I know how to help relieve or if it's beyond my scope, I refer out obviously to either Ryan or the PT, but cause I know how the body works. I know how joints function. I know how muscles work. I know which, like which angle and way they work. Um, I know how to address what people are feeling but if you don't know which muscles do what in the body or for joints or whatever like you're a sitting duck and you can't yeah. help your client so right. there's so much education that goes beyond learning like a basic cert or an l1 or an ace certification like just because you have that certificate that says you pass the test doesn't mean anything yeah Unless so you did you un do you understand it so like right. do you understand the joint by joint approach like truly understand it because that the way that they describe it is for immobile people, mm -hmm. but you also have to understand the joint by joint approach as it pertains to hypermobile people. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. if a joint is immobile, then it has to find mobility in a stable joint. But mm -hmm. if the joint is hypermobile, then it has to find strength in a stable joint. That's why when, people who are hypermobile are squatting, their low back hurts. And it's for the exact opposite reason as if their hips are immobile. It's because mm -hmm. their hips are hypermobile, so their low back is trying to find extra strength in order to help them. Like you mm -hmm. have to understand this stuff. And so, right. you know, like for me, like I just went like on an education rampage and, and constantly listening to books and constantly listening to podcasts and constantly watching YouTube videos. And that's why yeah. I started this podcast is so I can network and learn and ask people questions. Because if I have questions, then I guarantee other people have questions and they want to hear the answers to that. And so it's yeah. like, there's so much information out there and you could go mm -hmm. 
deep into anything. And so mm-hmm. when I took that neurodynamics course, like one of the things that was really prevalent to me is that if there is um, like the brachial plexus, if there is a, um, if there's like a radiculopathy, like I was talking about earlier, where that nerve can no longer slide in and out of that vertebral foramen, that's causing pain. So then the body is going to naturally offload that brachial plexus by tightening up the pec minor, by tightening up the trap and offloading Mm. that so that their shoulder raises up in order to prevent pain because we're, we're masters of adaptation. Right. Mm. And so Mm as a massage therapist, that's important to know because if you just go in and start hammering somebody's trap and loosening it up, you're going to make the problem worse because now there's more pressure on that brachial plexus again. You know what I mean? So like this is important stuff and you need to be able to eliminate what's going on. And I know like, you know, with my remedial functional medicine training, if a naturopath is full of shit or not. And so like I've had multiple people come in and be like, look, I don't know everything that you know, but I know you're full of shit and you're just trying to make money off those people. So why don't you give them an actual liver detox instead of just dicking them around? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's really beneficial. And so you might not know everything as, as like as, uh, as much as a chiropractor does or a PT does, but you know enough to know if they're full of shit Mm -hmm. and that's beneficial for them because then you can help them find a better practitioner and move towards being healthy. And it's just like, so, and you know, that was like the, the big thing about, so here's a, um, I was listening to Brene's Brown's book, uh, braving the wilderness. And she was Mm -hmm. talking about belonging and fitting in. And Mm -hmm. so, um, my problem with CrossFit is that once the second I felt like I didn't belong there anymore, I stayed for an extra eight months Mm -hmm. and I should have just left. Mm -hmm. And so that eight months made me extra bitter and extra resentful and extra Mm -hmm. angry, which is like, which is not the person that I am. Right. So that was what I was working on within myself is to work on getting past that because I don't want to be that person and nobody wants to come and see that person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, so when you belong, it's you being who you are and people want you around. Right. And then fitting in is you becoming somebody else so that you can belong. And I think that uh, it's really important. You know what right. I mean? Like you have to, like, you know, I'm a freaking goofy asshole and I love being goofy. And if you don't like me, then I'm going to go find somebody who does. You know what I mean? And it's just right, like, right. It's just the way. Still waiting for you to move here. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Why'd you got to bring that up? You broke my heart. Uh. <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> Love you too, bro. Uh, so when are you guys taking off on your tour then? Where's, where are you guys going? And, and that's really exciting. And I want to go too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. March 9th, we leave. We fly into Madrid. Um, and then we've got our first. Uh, gym that we're teaching at in yeah. Madrid. Two? Are we just doing one or two? Just one. just one. Okay. Yep. And then we're kind of just touring north. Um, on we kind of just picked our route based on like things people had told us and things that we wanted to see. 
Um, so we're going from Madrid to the coast um, to Valencia, and then we're going north. And then we're te our next, like we're going to bop from town to town um, up the middle of France. And then our next gym that we're teaching at is in Limoges. And um, that's the, let's see, that's the 21st of March. Um, and then our next one is the 29th of March in Paris. And then we fly out the 31st. So right now, um, we're still negotiating and figuring it out with Madrid, um, but we're definitely a go and have registrants already for France, like with, both France locations. Yeah. That's um, really amazing. And yeah, just the power of social media, right? Like, amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. like if, if you can establish yourself as an expert, mm -hmm. then you can just reach out to people and be like, Hey, I want to host this thing here. And yeah. Like, okay. And then you do, and then all of a sudden you're traveling really cool places. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm super stoked. We're changing it up a little bit because we have less time. So we're only doing six hours. And now, like, I'm, I really want to bring Ryan's knowledge and gifts into the um, presentation. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be interesting because of the language barrier, A. Yeah. So at all of our locations, we have translators, um, but it has to be very simple and basic. And, you know, like humor can be lost very easily. For sure. Um, unless there are like swear words. Um, but yeah, so it's just going to be really interesting. But we're really just trying to give them all of the um, tools that they need to be able to train their pregnant women postpartum women and partners because what we know is that like parenthood is hard on everyone's bodies not just the pregnant woman it's also hard on the partner like partner also oh. has to carry a car seat carry the groceries push the stroller um they probably have orthopedic issues like low back pain or shoulder they stuff before they probably will ask. yeah exactly so <laughs> Um, we're definitely going to bring a lot of like a lot more like simple assessment, um, a lot more ground movement since Ryan is MoveNet certified. So we'll bring like natural movement to the equation. So we're just going to give all the coaches a lot more tools in their tool belt um, that's outside of the typical CrossFit realm, like bodybuilding stuff, dumbbell, kettlebell bands, um, animal flow, uh, move nat flow stuff. Um, that's really just going to give them that well-rounded picture to helping this population because it is so simple, but until you know what simple is, like everything is hard. So right. we're going to give them that knowledge and why, because that's the biggest thing. A lot of athletes, um, especially active women, like they, they'll, they'll adapt and modify if you tell them like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to modify this, but they want to know why they want right. to know like, Oh, this is going to like affect my core. This is going to affect my ability to birth. This is going to affect my ability to heal postpartum. Like if you tell them that, um, they're going to trust you more and they're going to do it. But if you're just like, Oh, we're not going to do kipping pull-ups anymore. They're going to be like, why? And you're going to be like, I don't know. I just like read it on a blog somewhere. <laughs> you know? and, like the art the art of it is doing so in a way that does not make them feel secluded from the group right. because that is the core that's the core of crossfit like yeah. how do you modify to different variations without making someone feel yeah as if like they they're missing something or they're yeah, not part that. of the group like how do you design something mm -hmm. like that and i think that's that's really the powerful skill that 
many like because you know it's just the thing that a lot of trainers would do because it's like yeah we just don't do these um they're like what do you mean i yeah, used to like, do don't use your shoulder anymore okay yeah, how do I, I do crossfit then you know what i mean that's just the dumbest yeah, thing yeah like all right so you you can't do the farmer's carries you can't do the pull-ups um i don't want you pressing all right cool so that leaves uh lunges and um Hey, have fun. <laughs> so you're Good gonna be, you're gonna look. Planks hurt your squats, back. Lunges oh. and squats. Yeah, you're gonna look like one of those road bike racers that just has gigantic quads and then just this really skinny <laughs> upper body <laughs> because just don't use it was the exact advice that you got. Right on. What do you? What books are you guys reading right now? Um, I'll go first because I'm reading none because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, so we talked about in the very beginning, like you go through phases of you want to digest and learn and absorb as much as possible, you like your binge. Um, but like, I'm at that point that I'm outputting so much that I literally like, it repulses me to like <laughs> do oh, a podcast or to like read a book that's going to educate me. Yeah. Um, I feel so, you. <laughs> so like, I'm literally at that point where I just need to get like my own shit figured out and like processed and maybe content created that I just literally don't want anything to do with education right now. Um, yeah. because I know, cause this always happens to me. It comes in waves. Like yeah. I always move in waves. Like there will come a point again where I'm like, give me all the podcasts. I can now listen to my audible books. I want to watch a Netflix documentary on something that's going to teach me something. But like at this point in my life right now, I just, um, it's all about getting things out and not taking anything in. Yeah. Yeah. I think like it's important to know like even if you don't have the time to read or you, you know you, at the moment you don't feel you have the time to read or you don't feel you have the time to I don't know, listen to an audiobook because apparently nobody drives so nobody can listen to audiobooks or you Not don't sure. have or you don't have the bandwidth that's what i'm yeah. saying so like because yeah. you know i think that's really important and that really um hit home with me is like i was you can only take in so much information before you have to put it into something and so right. Yeah. Right. So like what Colleen was just saying, like I, that's where I put out, you know, my 12 week, you know, nervous system reset fitness yeah. program. And, you know, just, there's so much where you're like, okay, now I need to apply this shit. And so yeah, then, you, totally. then you dump it all out and figure out what you need and what you don't. Mm -hmm. And then you start to bring in more information again. And yep. so, yeah. you know, there's freaks like Dr. Perry Nicholson that just read constantly and it doesn't make sense. But like, there's other people that need to, you know, get that input and then create some output and then get more input and then create. Yeah. Some yeah. And I think it's important to know, like, even if you're not reading or going to seminars or certification or whatever, like you are still learning, or at least you have the opportunity to learn because like yeah. the people that you work with every day are teaching, teaching. you. Yeah. Like they are absolutely. teaching everything. And yeah. we, it is our responsibility just as much as it is to self-educate um, is to pay attention, if not a bigger, um, and if not a larger responsibility is to pay attention to the patterns. Um, you know, like our brains are designed to notice patterns. I'm going to say design, like and it's so, yeah. the balance that we have. Right. And you as a um, massage therapist can understand this because there's 
those patterns that come in, somebody's, oh, I have ankle pain, I have knee pain, I have low yeah. back pain. You're like, okay, whatever, this is what it usually is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, it's not that, cool. Then you move on to yeah. this stuff. And then you move yeah. on to this stuff, and then you move on to this stuff, and then you're like, hold the fuck on. This yeah. is the unique well, I, thing. Hold yeah, on, I, I need to think about this for a second. Because normally it's just so, I'm so dialed in, and I'm just getting, like, just running through the gamut of everything that I know. And then once I get through like my backups and then my backups and my backups, then I'm like, okay, yeah. what happened? Yeah. What did I miss? What's going on here? Um, and usually there's like an emotional, emotional component to the pain. And that's where I got to unpack that. And it's like yeah. this big, huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like today, I think I noticed, um, we tend to like we're the places that you notice people hold stress or they say they hold stress the only places i've heard are shoulders hips and low back wow. uh, and the knees elbows well yeah but like the common that i notice is like yeah i hold stress in my neck or i hold stress in my hips or low back or whatever but we tend to hold stress in our least stable joints right uh, the areas of threat because as that bucket starts to fill up and as we get to get more and more stress like we tend to send extra like guards I like to use the castle analogy because like the nervous system is the queen living in the castle and she just wants to be safe mm-hmm. so uh she's sending she's sending guards to the areas that pose the most threat is that from shante no i made it up oh okay <laughs> um, shante calls the nervous system the queen so. she, okay yeah that part is from her oh, but okay. the rest is mine <laughs> that from, um, yeah but mine, like, that's from shante <laughs> Oh, the castle thing? <laughs> no, I'm just giving okay. you a hard time because Colleen was giving you a hard time and I wanted to get that on. So, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, you're the people in front of you are always teaching you things, and we just need to find more ways to pay attention because, like, we're, we think we're paying attention to a rep, um, but you know, take the blinders off. It's not just about the exercises, there's patterns out there that aren't just movement patterns mm-hmm. that yeah. we can learn to help our clients. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. So you keep so Ryan. I know you're reading something because you keep posting about it. So what do you got going on? Okay, he brought his oh, phone down. I literally. I, he has I, like five books going. I have like I cannot have just one book going. Like yeah. that's just like my. I've never been able to have just one book. Like I literally have five going at any given yeah. time. Yeah. Um. So like right now, um, why we sleep is I have oh my god that one's so good it's like it's such if a you want to feel like a shitty human being read that <laughs> book yeah another another one um what is it the the joy of movement by kelly mcgonigal um and yeah. i know it's kind of seems like a redundant one to read but um i don't think it's ever redundant really but she's talking about how like it's not exercise per se that makes us feel better. It's just movement. Yeah, period. Like, and I've literally gotten 15 minutes into the book. So yeah. you know, got there. Um, and then you've got Yeah, Born to Walk by James Earls. He's a guy that works with Thomas Myers. Uh, and he's talking about like myofascial efficiency um, in the body in movement. So like how does the fascial system contribute to locomotion so how does the fascial system contribute to walking and he presents some really great points on like the perspective about muscles and fascia where muscles are really just 
the hydraulic pumps that tension the fascia during rhythmic movements. Right. Um, and they're the resistors as well. So they're completely, they, yeah. And like the yeah. fascia allows us to get that energy return um, through its elastic <clears throat> component. Right. Uh, yeah. But amazing book that just ties so much of the fascial stuff together. Um, if you've been digging into that. Yeah. Uh, and then last one that I would say I'm actually reading is The Passion Paradox by uh, Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg. So they wrote Peak Performance. And man, if if like you love what you do, but you're finding yourself somewhat like burnt out on it, um, or you're just, you're having a hard time, you're like questioning, like, what do I do or why do I do it, whatever. Um, it's basically how do you how do you be passionate about something? And yeah. it, it, what it did for me is it gave me context around what I was feeling about, you know, like am I being sometimes unmotivated to do the job? You know, do I feel like I'm really getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I, am I good enough to do this job? Whatever. Yeah. That imposter syndrome that we all get. Yeah. Totally. Just like, do I even know what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, one thing that it that it mentions that it seems to drive home is this mastery mindset. Yeah. And do the feelings that you're having right now support a mindset of mastery? Do they support mastery in the long term? Um, and if the answer is no, then obviously like that needs to be dealt with. Like you need to say, okay, these feelings don't serve me. Right. These feelings of inadequacy that are irrelevant because more than likely if like the majority of people that you see probably feel better. Yeah. But that this one person that gets up off the table or leaves and either feels worse or doesn't feel better. Like you let them like change your entire narrative around yourself and the way you feel about what you do. Like you let them affect your opinions. Then are you really going to be able to serve the next person that comes in the door to the best of your ability? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a very, very powerful book, I think, um, that I discovered by accident. So it's a good one. That's awesome. And it's really important because, you know, that's a, I've been realizing lately that I've been losing a lot of clients because they're so used to me being so effective. So they mm-hmm. come in, I get rid of their back pain. They go away. They don't see me for a couple months until they start to feel it again. And then, so every once in a while they come in with that problem that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, I can't fix them one shot and then yeah. they just go somewhere else. And I'm just like, but you know, then you look at that instead of the other 15 clients or 20 clients that you had for the month and you're like, yeah. shit, I'm a failure, but you're not. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They yeah. just, they just presented with something that probably need one two or three visits instead of just that one that you normally get them in. So man, I'm going to have to shut you guys down. This is the longest podcast we've done. We're almost at two hours. My my dogs are freaking out because they have to go to the bathroom and I love you guys and I could talk to you forever. So I'm shutting it down. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it again. So this is great. We'll Thank you do, for having us on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming on. And we'll do we'll do a debrief when you guys get back from your trip. Heck yeah. Absolutely, man. Right All on. right. Love you. Love you too. We'll talk to you All soon. Right. All right. Bye. Talk soon. See ya. <laughs>